Hello and welcome to the Early Roots Podcast. This episode is all about school problems and the ATNR. That's the asymmetrical tonic neck reflex. This is the second most common primitive reflex I see, and it is one of the biggest contributors to academic problems, specifically to reading and writing difficulties. It is very common in the children that I see with dyslexia and ADHD, and if you have a child who is struggling in school, then this is the podcast episode for you. Now, if you aren't familiar with primitive reflexes, I have a whole episode that describes what they are and why they're important. But the short version is that babies are born with a set of reflexes that they keep for a short period of time, and then these reflexes should disappear. When that doesn't happen, you see a lot of problems with the way that the rest of the brain develops. The ATNR reflex is one of the most common ones, and today we're going to take a look at how it affects school performance. This reflex is triggered when the baby turns their head to either side. When the baby moves their head, the arm and leg on the side they're facing extend out and the arm and leg on the other side bend. And in older children, this creates an invisible connection between the head, the eyes, and the hand so that it's difficult for them to use these body parts in an independent and mature way. It also creates an invisible barrier at the midline of the body so that it's difficult for kids to cross their midline effectively. You see this the clearest when you look at visual tracking. It can be very difficult for these children to move their eyes in a smooth line, particularly when their vision crosses their midline. This reflex also messes with their ability to understand directionality, specifically left and right. I'm going to get into the reason why all of these things happen in a second, but know that it is very common for these kids to have poor left-right spatial awareness. And this really shows up when you're making the distinction between similar letters like B's, P's, D's, and G's. So let's dive into this reflex. The ATNR develops in mid-pregnancy and should disappear within the first six months after birth. And this reflex has several different purposes while it's active. The first is that it, it encourages movement in the womb. And movement at all stages is very important because it provides our brain with a lot of information about our body and our environment. And movement actually facilitates brain development. This reflex helps us to differentiate the two sides of the body so that baby will eventually be able to use each side independently. This reflex is also very important during the birth process. So babies actively participate in their own births, and they have to make several rotations and positional changes in order to be born vaginally. And the ATNR is one of the reflexes that helps to facilitate these movements. And then after birth, this reflex helps protect the baby's airway when they're placed on the, their belly. Um, in this position, they're encouraged to turn their head to one side, and the arm on that side will extend out, and it is believed to help protect the space around baby's face. And then lastly, this reflex plays a huge role in developing visual motor skills and hand-eye coordination. It helps babies to differentiate the two sides of their body so that they can use each one independently. And it also plays a huge role in developing visual skills. So at birth, babies have very poor vision, and our vision develops through use. So how we use our eyes determines how they will work. And this reflex helps to force babies to fixate their vision. And the process of integrating this reflex helps babies to learn how to track instead of just fixate. And what that means is that they start to be able to follow things with their eyes and control how their eyes move. When this reflex is present, beyond infancy, children don't learn how to use their eyes effectively. 
and that is one of the main reasons why you see a lot of school problems associated with this reflex. It pretty much always comes with visual motor, specifically visual tracking problems. And older children with a retained ATNR have to put a lot of effort into controlling their eyes instead of that process happening automatically. And even with tremendous effort, their eyes really don't work well. If you try to add in other cognitive processes like learning, you'll really see this start to fall apart. And something most people don't know is that our brain is not really able to multitask. We just switch back and forth very rapidly. And children with a retained ATNR who are doing school, let's say learning to read, are consistently having to switch back and forth between trying to learn to read and trying to make their eyes work. And you see variations in how well kids can do this. Some cope pretty well and maintain decent grades in the beginning. Oftentimes for these kids, things will start to fall apart in the third or fourth grade when the workload really increases. Um, Other kids will do well with reading. They may even love reading, but as soon as you add in something like handwriting, it all falls apart. And then other kids just struggle the whole way through. They hate reading, they hate writing, they hate math, they hate it all. The other part of this reflex is that it helps us to coordinate and differentiate the two sides of the body. And remember that the way we control and move our body affects the way our brain develops. When the two sides of our body aren't working together, it negatively affects the way the two sides of our brain work together. Combine that with a child who has to put in a lot of effort to control physical processes, and you see a lot of problems with cognitive development. They end up using a lot of brain power for automatic processes, and they don't have much freed up for other cognitive development skills. And by cognitive development, I mean things like rational thinking, planning, learning new information, remembering directions, making decisions, all of those processes. This reflex also contributes heavily to balance and hand-eye coordination problems. And again, you see variations in how well kids cope with this. Some very athletic kids do decent when they're playing a sport they love, but then their coordination will fall apart in other areas. Most kids with an ATNR, though, are clumsy and uncoordinated. They look funny when they run, or they look really clumsy when they're trying to catch something. They may do great with running as long as they're looking forward, but as soon as they turn their head somewhere else, they lose balance. Oftentimes, you'll see these physical deficiencies most clearly in their posture at school. So think about what is going on with these kids physically. Whenever their head moves, they're going to have some unwanted reaction in their eyes and arms. Kids cope with this reflex by utilizing bad, I'm saying that in air quotes, posture. These are the kids that will lay their head on the desk while they're writing, or they'll move their papers all to one side of their body. And in this position, they can accommodate this reflex without having to fight it while they're trying to learn. Sometimes they'll use a really firm pencil grip or they'll press really hard on the paper when they're writing. This is kind of an attempt to control their arm and override the reflex in their arm. And these kids also tend to get labeled as lazy or over-emotional about school because it seems like they don't want to do easy things or they have no frustration tolerance for school. Most of the time, these kids also have other compounding problems, like problems with their vestibular system. And this affects things like focus and attention, posture, spatial awareness, all kinds of stuff. And so you see a whole mess of physical problems that lead to problems in school. So if you have a child with reading or writing difficulties, or a child with an ADHD or dyslexia diagnosis, this reflex is something you should consider testing. 
Now, I am very particular about recommending testing or treatment exercises to families without evaluating the child first. I see a lot of videos on YouTube giving testing and treatment advice and exercises, and I'm very concerned about some of it. There are some reflexes like the Mora, which is the infant startle reflex, that you want to be very careful testing and even more careful when you're treating it. And experimenting with treating the Moro in particular can really be overstimulating to kids. But there are some tests that we use that are generally quite safe and effective, and I want to talk you through a practical one that you can do at home to check for this ATNR. Now, keep in mind that when I do a comprehensive test in the office, I use this test and multiple other tests to get a more complete picture. But there's one that I'm going to tell you about called the Schilder test that's pretty accurate as a standalone test. If you want to get more information about testing reflexes at home, the most accurate resource I've found would be a book called Reflexes, Learning, and Behavior by Sally Goddard. She is one of the founders of the Institute of Neurophysiological Psychology. That is the postgraduate school I attended, and it is the leading school and research institution on primitive reflexes. She includes some really good testing information that is designed for parents to screen their kids at home, and her testing information is all very solid. Just please don't trust everything you see on YouTube. It's completely worth purchasing the book. But back to the 18R test. I am going to walk you through how to do this test verbally here, but I will also make a video. Um, if you're like me and you learn better visually, I will have a link posted in the description, and I will also embed it on my website um, in the ATNR blog post. So if you have a child, have them take their shoes off and stand with their feet all the way together. Have them hold their arms out straight in front of them in like a mummy pose. And make sure their arms are nice and loose. You don't want them to be real uh, stiff. You will stand behind them and have them close their eyes. Now, if you have a child who loses their balance when they close their eyes or who can't keep their eyes closed, or if they panic as soon as their eyes are closed, then skip that part. Doing the testing with the eyes open is a little bit less accurate, but a lot of kids with a retained moro or a lot of vestibular problems can't tolerate their eyes being closed, and doing testing with eyes closed can really stress these kids out. So if, you, if they can close their eyes, great, have them do it. Then you're going to put your hands on either side of their head and gently turn their head all the way to either side. And if you have a child that is very touch sensitive or if they have auditory issues, then don't cover their ears and don't press too hard. And also if you're turning their head and you're getting a lot of muscle tension or resistant, then just be gentle with how you move. Don't fight past that muscle tension. Tell them to try and keep the rest of their body still while you move their head. And when you turn their head, try going slow at first, and then you can go faster a few times. Make sure you go in both directions and make sure you pause for a few seconds at the end of each side. And a child who doesn't have an ATNR should be able to keep their arms out in front of them and have good flexibility in their neck for you to turn their head all the way to either side without their neck muscles tensing up, assuming that they don't have any neck injuries, that is. If a child has an ATNR, you will see a reaction in their shoulders and their arms. Their arms will follow their head. You may even see the opposite arm bend a little bit. You may see rotation in their whole trunk, or you may see them fall over when, they start, when you move their head. These reactions will vary based on how strong the ATNR is. 
you can see an ATNR that is 50% present and see only small movements in the arms. But if you have a child with a strong ATNR, you will see huge movements. Now, keep in mind if their eyes are open, you are a lot more likely to see them stiffen their arms and neck in an attempt to stifle the movement as soon as they see their arms moving. This can make it look like the reflex isn't there when it is. I wish that these types of reflex testing were just a normal part of all of our pediatric well-child checks and also our ADHD and dyslexia diagnostic criteria. We, we would have a much more accurate picture of what is going on with the brain and body if we were consistently screening for these things. If any of this stuff sounds like your child, then please visit my website to learn more. I have a screening questionnaire that you can fill out and I offer free phone consults. These reflexes are very treatable and you can see amazing changes in how kids function. It is much more effective than slapping a band-aid on the problems and trying to cope. Also, if you like this podcast, and please subscribe. I will be putting out more episodes regularly and that will make it easy for you to find. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something helpful. Mm-hmm.